Hello and welcome to the Sports Hour on Brimbank Live on Live FM. Great to have your company. Uh, we've got a bit of a different setup for today's show. With uh, I'm currently quarantining here at Howard Springs in Darwin. Um, I'm making a bit of a move to Adelaide. Um, so the shows are set up a little bit differently for you guys. Um, but we'll be hopefully returning back to normal next week uh, where we'll be bringing you the full show with uh, everything that's usually in it. Uh, but without further ado, we'll start off with the poll. Uh, who is the unluckiest player to miss the AFL All-Australian side? So you've got Jacob Reedering, Tom Papley, Braden Maynard and other. So jump on our poll at Sports Hour FM is our Twitter page. So uh, that's at Sports Hour FM. So if you just pop on, pop your vote in. If you think it's someone else other than the players mentioned, feel free to write in the comments who you think was the unluckiest player to miss the All-Australian team. Um, every year, uh, the All-Australian team has a little bit of controversy in it and uh, there's always an unlucky player. It's a very tough job selecting the team. Uh, but feel free to uh, give your thoughts and uh, tell me who the unluckiest player was to miss the All-Australian team. We received some sad news yesterday with the passing of Dean Jones. Uh, unfortunately, he uh, had a heart attack uh, in Mumbai where he was providing coverage of the Indian Premier League for uh, the Indian network Star Sports. Uh, he was there doing his commentary um, and sadly, he collapsed in the Mumbai Hotel where um, it was reported that Brett Lee tried to revive him um, before he was taken to hospital. Uh, but sadly, um, he passed away. Dean Jones, he had a fabulous career playing 52 test matches uh, for Australia, averaging 46.5. Uh, he played 164 ODI internationals and averaged 44.6. Uh, in there but uh, he went on to have an amazing um, commentating career um, and that was I was lucky enough to witness um, some of his commentary um, unfortunately I wasn't around when uh, he was playing but uh, yeah from from what I witnessed and uh, you know was able to hear from him in commentary it was uh, a real pleasure and um, I re- yeah I was much enjoyed hearing uh, him commentate cricket games all across the world um, so we send our condolences to his family and friends. Um, and uh, yeah, we think about him during this, this time. But now we're going to go to our first interview. We'll move on and uh, we'll hear from a special uh, footballer, an Australian rules footballer, a youngster. Our guest today on the Sports Hour show is an AFL draft prospect, down Geelong way. He, uh, he's playing currently school football at Geelong Grammar, but also uh, plays at the Geelong Falcons uh, representative competition uh, for, for AFL football. He's a player to watch in this year's AFL draft and, and a player to keep an eye on beyond the draft and uh, hopefully into a big AFL career. So welcome, Tanner Bruin, to the Sports Hour. How are you going? Hey, Hatsi. Yeah, good. Thanks, mate. Thanks for having me on the show. Great to have you on. And thanks for coming on. And um, I wanted to ask you firstly, how's the year been? It's been a unique year, but... Tell us what it's mm. been like for a uh, for a player trying to trying to get themselves into the big league. Yeah, that's for sure. Hats. Um, it's been a, yeah, pretty challenging year with um, plenty of uncertainty along the way. But um, yeah, I've had I've had plenty of distractions um, with with schooling um, helping going through VCE at the moment, year twelve. But um, yeah, a lot of uncertainty, like I said, just with um, yeah, not knowing sort of when footy was going to 
um, kick off. And um, we had a few dates there in the middle of the year and um, towards August there in the late part of the year. Um, yeah, but unfortunately got knocked back um, due to coronavirus. But yeah, it's been a challenging year, but yeah, just trying to find ways to get myself through it. And what have been some of those ways? Like, it's a very unique season. You're not playing any games. So how have you sort of treated it? Yeah, um, I've sort of, well, at the start of the year, I probably wasn't um, 100% right to to start the year off um, playing-wise. I was probably, yeah, a few weeks, a few weeks, um, yeah, probably not not ready to go. So um, I sort of used that time to, um, as an opportunity to get myself right and um, sort of catch up with, with the rest of the group and um, the rest of um, the league um, in terms of my body and my fitness. Um, so, yeah, when, when the time was right and when footy did come back around, I was ready to go. But, um, yeah, like I said, that probably hasn't eventuated um, this year. So um, I'm just trying to stay fit and healthy. And, um, yeah, I've got plenty of distractions on my mind. Um, friends and family always help and a um, bit of schooling at the moment as well. And can you tell us a little bit about yourself as a footballer um, and also maybe a little bit about yourself as a person? Yeah. Um, yeah, as a footballer. Um, so, yeah, like, like you, you mentioned before, I'm, uh, I go to Geelong Grammar. So I've um, been playing grammar footy for a few years now. Um, play mostly in the midfield and um, tend to switch up half forward or can even go down off half back as well. But um, I'd like to say I'm a pretty, pretty smart footballer that, makes good decisions and um, use it well by hand and foot. So, um, yeah, um, that's probably my, my footy side of it. But um, as a person, just probably easygoing, um, a good good teammate, a good friend, and um, just, yeah, probably really supportive. And getting yourself in front of recruiters and in front of their eyes this year, obviously you had uh, last season where you were playing games and, and all before yeah. that. Um, but... What's it been like this year? I know you know you're, you're touted to go in the top ten, and you're sort of um, you're sort of found out. Um, you know, not this year, but in in, in previous games where you've you've done yeah. well. Um, but yeah, how have you sort of um, how's it been this year? That sort of link between you as a player and 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 AFL and and AFL clubs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not too bad. Um, probably last year was a bit easier for me. Um, so much footy was happening and um, even though I wasn't playing the whole year, um, I just had, I, I still had a lot of footy going on, um, you know, whether it was watching games or just constantly um, going through vision or, um, and then when I did get back, yeah, the, the meetings with recruiters and stuff were, were probably easy, um, easy to do as, you know, I was playing footy at the time. But this year, I suppose uh, the interviews have probably been more important than they'll ever be um, as there's no footy. So, um, you know, just they're just trying to, um, you know, judge you on your character, I suppose, um, more so this year as, you know, they don't have much to go off. So I've just trying to be doing um, my interviews well and just put my best foot forward um, in, in all my interviews. And um, I suppose, yeah, just do what I can do, um, you know, as there's no footy really going on. And... Back to a bit about yourself as a footballer. Who is there a player you sort of try and try and resemble in the AFL and, and play like? Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I'm a West Coast supporter, so um, watched Luke Shuey for um, you know numerous um, years now. So um, I'd say he's probably a player that comes to mind that I try and resemble my game off. Yeah. Yeah, and you've uh, have you spoken to any AFL players this year? You, you've played with a few. Um, 
a few players last yeah. year in school footy. One yeah. one familiar name, Caleb Sarong, just yeah. recently won the Rising Star Award. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah ha, exactly. who, who have been some of the, the players you, you've spoken to? Yeah. Um, oh, it's probably been hard to um, keep in contact with, with a lot of the boys um, being away in the hubs and um, with such a difficult season. But, yeah, I've, I'm a good match with Lever and um, I've kept in, in contact with him and, been chatting to him quite a bit and um, also Cooper Stevens. Um, he was down at the Falcons with me last year and had his injury while I was going through mine and um, we did a bit of rehab together. So, um, yeah, I've kept in touch with him um, and I'm pretty close with him. So, um, I spoke to Dowie a bit, um, the grammar boys a little bit. So, um, yeah, just probably those boys I've, I've more been familiar with, yeah. And did they, did they tell you something that you didn't really expect um, about sort of their experiences in the AFL so far? Um, or probably not really. It's probably um, everything you do expect. It's a, uh, from what Caleb's told me, yeah, it's a pretty big, big jump up and um, the standard's definitely, um, you know, in extreme, extreme levels. Um, so, um, yeah, nothing that I probably didn't, didn't expect, but... Um, yeah, I think, I think they're all loving it at the moment. They're just th- sort of thriving in the environment up in the hubs. And um, with the season finishing now, yeah, they're looking back on um, a pretty weird first year. But, yeah, I think they've all loved it. You touched on your injuries there um, and sort of um, speaking about that with uh, Cooper Stevens. What, how did you sort of deal with your injuries when you had them and, um, and yeah. being off, off the field and not, not being able yeah. to play? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, injuries are um, are a difficult one. Yeah, it was it's probably it was hard for me last year. Um, probably the first um, you know bit of adversity that I've been through um, with an injury, and um, you know it probably doesn't seem like a big thing in the scheme of things, but as a footballer, yeah, six month injuries is pretty big. But um, yeah, I was just trying to control what I could control, and um, I knew you know the only thing I could do to to help me get back on the track quicker was my rehab. So I just um, you know dove into into my rehab and, um, you know, tried to do it as best I could and had, um, you know, some, some great people and staff around me um, with the likes of, um, you know, the Falcons coaches and staff and um, also a big country as well. And, um, you know, fortunate enough, but um, not sort of in a lucky way, but I had Coop, uh, Coop Stevens around me um, and also Dale as well, Jay Dalhouse. So, um, I had some boys around me that, yeah, we were just pushing each other along and um, definitely made, made the road to recovery yeah, much quicker. And can you tell us um, some of the clubs that have been interested in you or um, <laughs> can you tell us yeah. maybe, um, yeah, can, can, what have, in the interviews, have there been any uh, interesting questions? <laughs> what, what, what insight can you give us without get, getting yourself into trouble? <laughs> yeah, that's it. I'll have to I'll wheeze my way through this one, Hats. But um <laughs> Look, yeah, I'm not too sure about um, what I can say about clubs and uh, what clubs are keen because it's, it's just hard at this point. Um, you know, with the trade period coming up and whatnot, it's, there hasn't been much footy this year. So uh, I think a lot of the clubs are just trying to get their, their stuff sorted at the moment. But um, I've spoken to most clubs and um, most of my interviews have, have gone pretty well. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see over the, the sort of the next period um, how it pans out. But... Um, so I've definitely had some weird questions. Um, I think yeah, Adelaide asked me um, how would I get Jai Caldwell out um, in cricket. So um, <laughs> I don't really know what to say. I just said um, maybe put one on his pads, maybe LB, but um, 
because I think he'd gone out LB a few times back when we were playing with him. But um, that was probably the weirdest question I got. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's that's uh, that would have been a bit of a surprise. Um, yeah. Very, very interesting. Not what you'd expect. No. Yeah. Um, and you touched on your cricket there. Um, you, you played in the Vic Under Seventeen's uh, country team uh, yeah. a couple of years ago. What yeah. what what was that like? Um, you know, playing cricket and um, mm. and then making that decision to sort of um, go with yeah. footy. Um, how, how did that all pan out for you? Yeah. Um, oh, that was unreal. I, I loved my time away up in um, Mackay. I think we were and, and Brisbane as well up in Queensland. But um, I've always sort of juggled between footy and cricket. Um, you know, since a very young age. Um, you know, just switching over during the seasons, um, summer and winter. You know with both cricket and footy. So um, I was sort of fortunate enough in a way that, you know, going out to grammar allowed me to just keep playing my cricket and, and keep enjoying it and having fun and, you know, not make that decision um, of which way I'd go too early. So um, my time up in uh, Mackay, uh, up in Queensland, probably, yeah, made the decision a bit harder, but I've always loved footy. And that was always the way I was going to go, but um, made some great memories up there and some great mates as well. And, um, Played against some some future stars um, of cricket, so including yourself, mate. So um, yeah, it was it was very good fun. I don't know about that, um, <laughs> but um, can you tell us? Um, sort of going back, I forgot to ask. I wanted to ask you what, what mm. as a player, what what are you what are you like um, on the footy field, um, yeah. and and what are some of your strengths and and like you know that there's gaps in every footy club. What what sort yeah. of gaps will you feel? When, when you go yeah. to a footy club? Yeah, um, probably as a player, I'd say I'm just yeah, really competitive um, player inside and around, around the footy. So, um, you know, you sort of got to be competitive and in and under as a midfield. So um, I'd say that's probably one of my biggest traits. Um, yeah, also probably my decision-making, um, you know, the way I sort of deliver the, the ball by hand and foot and, um, yeah, pretty smart with my decisions as well. And, can also try and get on the end of end of a few and and um, hit the scoreboard as well. But um, yeah, hopefully what I can bring to a club um, is just yeah, like I said before, I've had a bit of exposure sort of all over the field. So um, a bit of versatility is, is something I may bring to a club. And depending on what the, what they're needing, um, you know, whether it's around the footy or up forward or even off half back, um, I think that's one of my strengths and um, something that sort of may open up to a few clubs, hopefully. Absolutely, and um, we're very hopeful for that. Um, yeah. Can you tell us now, um, between, I've, this has been playing on my mind, the physical aspect of the game and yeah. the skillful aspect of the game. What, what, what percentage do you focus on these two things, um, physical yeah. and skills of the game? Um, well, yeah, it's a tough one. Probably physical aspect of the game is, um, you know, the work you, you do early. Um, I suppose you've got to be half decent um, if, you, if you're playing footy skillful-wise. So I think um, players are always sort of, you know, you're talented and um, you've always got sort of half decent skills. So um, working on your physical side of the game, um, you know, will help you, um, you know, deliver those skills probably more efficiently. So, um they sort of work hand in hand together. And um, for me, probably the, the last, um, you know, six months, I've been working on my physical side of the game um, in terms of my body and um, just my, my composition and stuff. So 
um, as well as my skills, but um, just, you know, having sort of that physical upside will, will help me hopefully with my skills as well. You're a star footy player, but you're also good on the cricket field, Tanner. Can you tell us your best moment on, on both, both um, summer and winter sports? Um, oh, my best moment would, it, it'd have to be, um, I don't, don't think I was playing, but we were at St. Kevin's um, and this, I think we were chasing the outright for, for victory uh, for the premiership. And this young, young left-hander from, from Grammar, he happened to be the captain, hit two, two balls on the highway. Um, do you remember who that was, Hats? <laughs> no, I actually don't, uh, Tanner, but, but you, you bring yeah, up that, yeah. <laughs> for all, all the viewers out there, it was actually the man himself, Maxi Hatsaglou. Um, yeah, he's Tanner. He'd hit, he'd hit two no, sixes no. on the highway. <laughs> so um, if he didn't, hasn't already told you, um, there it is. But um, no, oh, no probably the, the best moment... <laughs> The best moment um, in my cricketing career was um, out of out of grammar would or well, would probably have to be or probably playing in the game that Lever made his hundred or fifty, I reckon. I think I got uh, maybe sixty, sixty or seventy that day. But you batted very well um, as well. Yeah. yeah. I think we we drew with um, we didn't come away with the win. We drew with Melbourne Grammar, I think it was. Um, yeah. out of nowhere. I think we, we were destined to lose that, I reckon. We should have for sure, but yeah. Lever's innings was, um, yeah, was just terrific and, um, he, yeah, pulled us out of, out of the dirt that day for sure. That Probably was my footy moment as well. Yeah, footy, yeah. yeah. That was a footy moment, I reckon, was also against Melbourne Grammar. Um, I was playing year 10. I think that, that game we beat Melbourne Grammar up at Flack. Um, were you playing that day? I can't remember oh. now. Uh, we won by about 20. It was our first, yeah. one of their first wins of the season. Beat a big, we beat a big Melbourne school in Melbourne Grammar. Um, we won by about 15 or so points. It was probably one of our best wins we've, um, we've had. So that was probably, that comes to mind, yeah, for me. Oh, yep. No, I do remember yeah. it. That was, um, yeah. that, was in, uh, that was two years ago. It wasn't last season. Two yeah. years ago. No, when I was, I was year 10, you were year 11. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And um, yeah. yep, I, uh, yeah, yeah. I kicked, kicked the goal that day. I won't lie. You did. Yeah, you did. <laughs> I, uh, that, that was, yeah. uh, that was yeah. probably one of my highlights. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, now, that's um, it. Tell us about uh, the biggest spray you've copped. <laughs> biggest spray I've copped? Um, oh, it'd have to be from my dad, I think. My dad's right. coached me. Um, my dad's coached me since under nines, up to, up through to under sixteens or whatever. Jeez, this um, could get nasty. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, oh for sure. Um, and I think, yeah, I was, I think I was about under twelves or under fourteens. Um, and he'd, I'd done something silly. I think maybe given given away fifty, or he hates when you kick into the man on the mark. So. Um, I think I kicked yeah. in the man the mark and um, runner came out and I come off the ground and just screamed at me, told me to get yeah. my boots off and I was done for the day. So I sat there on the sidelines with, just with my boots in my hand and yeah, didn't don't think I went back on. Wow, that's <laughs> yeah, brutal. Good. Jeez, I'll yeah, tell you what though, yeah. might, might have helped you from uh, not kicking in the man of the mark after yeah, that, exactly. that time. I don't, yeah. don't think I've kicked, kicked in the man of the mark since, so... <laughs> yeah, yeah I, uh, I'm not surprised by that. Now, yeah, yeah. now, Tana, can you tell me what's your dream? My dream, um, 
hopefully at the end of the year it comes true. Like, yeah, my dream is um, to, yeah, just hopefully play AFL footy. Um, I've dreamt of it since a, um, a little kid and um, something that's, you know, goes, goes through my mind daily. So that's, um, yeah, my, my dream is to hopefully um, run out and, and play AFL, AFL footy one day. Have you been watching a lot of AFL footy this year? Because it's on, you've had the two footy mm. frenzies. Have you sort yeah. of kept an eye on it? And is there anything that sort of sparked sparked you or just caught yeah. your eye throughout the season? Um, yeah, well, I suppose um, earlier in the season, it was all sort of up in the air with the AFL um, and whatnot. But, you know, once we sort of got that, that footy festival, um, there was games always. There was games every day, so... Um, and, you know, I wasn't, we weren't playing footy down here, so there was plenty of footy to be watched. And, um, you know, especially in your draft year, you're always sort of um, watching with a close eye. And um, I suppose the last sort of five or six rounds, I was, um, you know, watching most footy games because uh, it, it sort of determined where clubs, uh, what, what picks clubs uh, may have had and um, where they finished in the ladder. And um, it's, yeah, it's something I was probably, I probably look, looked at uh, most days and, just to sort of see, you know, where, where, where clubs sat um, and, and what picks they might have had. So um, probably this year more than ever, I've, I've had so much time to watch and look and, um, and yeah, I've definitely sort of been, been having a, a good look at that. So, yeah. Pretend you're 30 years old and you're watching this interview of us two right now. Yeah. By, by, the yeah, time, yeah. by the time you're 30, what, what would you be hoping hoping that you would have achieved in an AFL career. You're still going at yeah. 30, but where, uh, where would you want to be sitting at 30 years yeah. old looking back at this interview? Yeah. Um, <laughs> what well, are you hoping? Hopefully by 30, I'm, I'm still, I've still got a few seasons left in me if I'm half decent. Um, hopefully by then I've, I've sort of, you know, I've, I've had a good, I, I hope so. I've had a, an all right career. Um, you know, if I did get the opportunity that, that is so, um, I'd love to have a premiership. I suppose that's everyone's dream, and um, you know every club sort of strives to, to win premierships. So um, if that was to happen, yeah, that'd be a dream come true. And um, yeah, like you said, if if I'm 30 and sitting back and I've, I've got a few premierships, and um, you know I've, I've enjoyed my time and got the best out of myself, um, I think I'll be pretty happy. Hats. I'll tell you what, it would yeah. be uh, it'd be very yeah. funny to see this video back and uh, oh, you, you having a medal around around your neck. Yeah, <laughs> we'd, we'd have, I think we'd have a good laugh hats over this. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Tana, yeah. it's uh, it's great to have you on the Sports Hour, and uh, really appreciate you coming on, and um, all the best for uh, the next month and uh, the future. No worries, my pleasure, hats. Thanks for having me, mate. Cheers. And that was Tanner Bruin, AFL draft prospect um, and a player to look out for in the future. Now we're going to hear from sports writer at the Raw Sports, Patrick Morrow. How are you going, Patrick? Very good, mate. Thanks for having me on. It's an absolute pleasure. Um, a lot of sport news this week. Uh, we'll, start some, we'll start with some very sad news. Uh, Australian cricket legend Dean Jones has passed away, passed away at the age of 59. Uh, he died of a heart attack in Mumbai. Uh, Jones arguably changed the game of cricket in the one-day format, which is aggressive batting style, and averaged in the high 40s in both formats, and is most famous for his 210 in Chennai against India, where Dean Jones batted through high exhaustion and ended up being on a drip uh, after match. Now to some basketball news. Uh, The Miami Heat have won Game 4 of the Eastern Conference Finals, uh, with Tyler Hero top-scoring with 37 points. 
In soccer news, the Caribou Cup has started with Liverpool demolishing League One side Lincoln City 7-2, while Newport County caused an upset in defeating Watford 3-1. Finally, former number one draft pick and former Melbourne and current Port Adelaide player Jack Watts has retired. Watts played a total of 174 games and kicked over 161 goals in his 11 years in the AFL. And Max, that's all the sport for this week. Pleasure to be on. Thanks for that news update, Patrick. So now we go to the weekend sports segment. Uh, just a reminder, you're listening to the Sports Hour on Brimbank Live on Live FM. Uh, so kicking us off today with the sports weekend sports segment is uh, the Celtics and the Heat uh, and the NBA. No, 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 no. Okay, start again. So now we go to the weekend sports segment where we'll hear about the big events coming up this weekend and in the near future uh, in the world of sport. There's plenty happening. uh, And we start off with the NBA where the Celtics and the Heat um, are three and one. So the Miami Heat lead that series three to one against the Celtics. Um, They won the last game uh, yesterday on Thursday, 112 to 109. And it was a, it was a remarkable game. Um, They're one of their star players, uh, hero, Tyler hero scored 37 points and uh, he's the youngest player uh, in the playoffs. Um, and he had a remarkable game. Um, look out for his shooting, Tyler Hero, in the next game. They play uh, tomorrow on Saturday at, at 10, um, 10.30. So tune into that. The, the other game uh, in the other conference final, the West Conference, uh, the Lakers are playing the Nuggets. And um, the Lakers won today 114 to 108. And uh, they lead the series 3-1 against the Denver Nuggets. Uh, and their next game is on this Sunday at 11 a.m. So the Miami Heat and the Lakers are both up 3-1 in the series. So uh, one more win and uh, they'll be through to the to the final. So, um, yeah, it's looking likely that the Heat will be taking on the Lakers. But uh, you never know. The, the Celtics in their series against the Heat, the Celtics were the favourites. Um, so there could be a nice comeback coming from the Celtics, the Boston Celtics. And the Denver Nuggets have been showing a bit in the last few games, so you never know what could happen with them. So the NRL, uh, it's the last round this week. And, um, yeah, not a lot. Uh, the finals are sort of settled, so it's a little bit of a dead rubber round. Um, but keep an eye on the Melbourne Storm, as always. They take on the Dragons on Sunday at 3 um, three. Uh, at at 4.05. Sorry, I'm just um, being in Darwin at the moment. Um, um, The timings are a bit different. Um, We're half an hour behind um, the Victorian and Sydney listeners. Um, To the IPL now, um, where the um, Delhi Capitals will face the Chennai Super Kings tonight at 12 a.m., um, so tune into that. Um, that, that. That should be a good game with uh, Dhoni playing for the Chennai Super Kings in, as well as Faf Duplessis and Shane Watson, one to keep an eye on. Uh, he's still running around for the Chennai Super Kings and the Delhi Capitals have fan favourite Marcus Stoinis. Um, they've got Hatmeyer from the West Indies. Alex Carey is the keeper. Um, but yeah, Richard Punt is actually playing ahead of Alex Carey in that side. Uh, but yeah, a good game to look out for. Pretty sure uh, the young Indian star is also 
playing for the Delhi Capitals. And uh, yeah, that, that's going to be an interesting game. Uh, the Delhi Capitals have won. They won their first match and the Chennai Super Kings come in one win, one loss. So that'll be an interesting game. Uh, other games in the uh, Indian Premier League, um, uh, yeah, every every night. So every night there's one game. Um, so tune in every night from 12 a.m. Um, you might catch the start of it and then fall asleep. But um, if if you if you do fall asleep, uh, you've always, always got the highlights. So uh, that's what I've been doing: waking up in the mornings while I'm eating breakfast and watching the highlights. Um, and there's been some very high-scoring games, and um, and some remarkable just big hitting um, so it's quite cool to watch and uh it's one to tune in to soccer to football whatever you want to call it um in australia it's known as soccer um but um football around the whole world so um i'll be calling it both for the sake of all our listeners um and it's kicking it off uh is the man city Manchester City taking on Leicester City. Uh, Leicester City have won both their f- first two games. Um, and Man City come in as solid favourites to win the whole thing this year. Um, and they won their first game and this is their second game. So it's going to be intriguing to see how that plays out. That game's on Monday morning at 1.30. Um, Liverpool play Arsenal on Tuesday morning at 5am. Um, they play against... Um, Arsenal and Liverpool and Arsenal take on each other. They've both won two games in a row. So that'll be a game to keep an eye on. Um, And that wraps up uh, our weekend sports segment. Uh, Plenty to watch. You've got cricket, uh, NBA. The NBA is going to be big. Um, And you've also got the EPL to watch um, and NRL, of course, uh, and all the other sports happening in the world uh, as well. But um, yeah, a little bit of a quieter weekend with our AFL finals and the buy round, um, but but still plenty to watch with the NBA and all the other sports, as I said. Uh, but that wraps up uh, weekend sport. And uh, now we're going to go to our next guest, Charlie Gill, our resident philosopher. So now we're going to welcome our resident philosopher, Charlie Gill, to the Sports Hour. How are you going, Charlie? Good, thanks, Max. Great to be here. It's a pleasure to have you on once again, and uh, we're very lucky to to be able to get your insights each and every week. Now, Charlie, today's poll is the unlucky players to miss the All-Australian team. So the team got announced yesterday on Thursday, um, and we've put together four options for the listeners. we got Maynard, Tom Papley, Wiedering, and Other. So these are the, the most unlucky players to miss out on the, uh, the All-Australian team. So I'll ask you, what's your opinion? Well, Maynard, Papley, Wiedering or other? Who's the most unlucky yeah, okay. out of them? Well, taking off my Carlton hat for a moment and just taking away my bias, and I was uh, very angry that uh, um, Jacob didn't uh, get the spot on the, in the back line, but it's okay. I don't think he's the most unlucky player. To be honest with you, I think the most unlucky player might be one that you haven't listed there, and that's Dan Butler. Um, yes. Dan Butler, or the question is who's had a better year out of Dan Butler and Tom Papley. I think Butler's been more consistent, though Papley was spectacular in the first half of the year. But the reason why I think Butler is so unlucky is that Bontempelli and Dangerfield are two of the half forwards. Now, I read this somewhere. I don't know um, if it's uh, accurate, how accurate it is. I just saw someone say it, and I'm just going to repeat it, hoping that they weren't... um, 
making things up. But yep. Jack Nunes has kicked more goals than Bontempelli and Dangerfield this year. Well, I don't yes. know if that's true or not. Well, but if it is, look, like it just goes to show that you should be selecting forwards that kick goals. That's fantastic. No, I'm not saying select Jack Nunes. I'm saying select Dan Butler. I agree. And that was the next question I was going to ask you. Mids playing as forwards and wings. Now, I don't know. Look, Bont and Danger, they kicked 11 goals each this season. Um, and guess how many Butler and Papley have kicked? <laughs> Butler, 27. Papley, yeah. 26, right? Yeah. Now, yeah. yeah. So, it's um, what's your opinion there? Now, um, now, Danger has played forward this year. Bont, Bont has as well. But, look, they've kicked 11 goals each in comparison to Butler, 27, and Tom Papley, 26. Yeah. Look, Dangerfield is probably the best player in the competition. So, it's not like he should be making the All-Australian team. And he's had a great year. And Bontempelli is really good as well. But at the end of the day, they aren't forwards. And at the end of the day, Jack McRae isn't a wing. And yet Jack McRae is being named on a wing and Bontempelli is being named on the half-forward flank. And Dan Butler has kicked 27 goals and is probably the best small forward um, that's played this year. Can't get a gig in the All-Australian side. It's just... It's sort of beggar's belief. Like, the what's important, and it's in the interest of the AFL, and it's the interest of the game itself, and it's in the interest of everyone that loves the game for the uh, all Australian team to be, you know, something that has integrity. And obviously, it does have a certain level of integrity, and it does mean something. That's why we're talking about it now, and that's why everyone was sort of like expressing their outrage um, after the team was announced. Um, but in order for it to sort of retain its credibility and its integrity and its sort of fixture um, and its mantle in the game is like such a high honour. Um, and it is a, it is a big honour. Um, they need to sort of honour the, the structure. Oh, how do I put this? They just need to select a team that's a football team. And at the moment, at the moment it's not a footy team. Like, if you know what I mean. Like, yeah. it's not a footy team. It's just like naming 22 players, trying to sort of sort of frame it structurally with playing, you know, like obviously the backs are in the back and the forwards in the yeah. forward, but it's not a footy team when you're just choosing players and putting them in positions just because you think they're good. Like you've got a, it's a team. It's got a forward line, a back line and a midfield and you pick forwards in the forward line. Yeah. Dan Butler is, was the best small forward this year. It's a real tough one that because... And we've got to say, it's a tough job doing this. It's uh, every year. Every year, it's never yeah, done right. Yeah, um, it, it so, is. So, right, so yeah, right. but, um, it, it's a really yeah. tough job, but it's a good question. It's got to be a team that's structured to an actual AFL team. Yeah. And it's got to be yeah. a, a team that, that will do well. But, but I'd argue, the, the, the counter argument to that would be, well, look, yeah. would you rather Dangerfield in your forward line or would you rather, rather Dan Butler? That's the question. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, yeah. we'll stay off that. We, we could be here for an, an hour, right? And <laughs> yeah. um, maybe we will. I, I just maybe to, we yeah. will. I, yeah. Yeah. But, um, I just have to say that I agree with you in that it is very difficult. Yeah. I saw like Matt, Matthew Richardson, who was on the panel, like he wasn't happy with the amount of negativity that was sort of surrounding the whole announcements because everyone was so um, angry. Uh, yeah. The thing is, though, like, that's why if people are getting, like, a really angry, like, oh, we doing should have made it over more. Like, look, you can have disagreements about which player was better this season and it's not really worth it getting really angry if, you know, we doing doesn't yeah. get picked over more. But it is worth getting angry about Dan Butler or other players that play the position not getting in a team and a mid just going in the spot. 
that's something worth getting angry about. Well, the mids have sort of um, overtaken this side. There, there's no forwards on the bench, but let's not let's not go too far into it. Um, <laughs> also, want to say uh, on the wings, um, Cam Guthrie. He got selected on the wing. He played 17% of the season on the wing. Jack McRae was on the other wing. He had 4% on the wing. So yeah. you can argue Sam Menegola, he, he's a genuine wingman and had a fabulous career. Uh, so, yeah, would you prefer yeah, exactly. Would you prefer yes, Menegola over those two? Yeah, of, of course I prefer Menegola, yeah. Menegola over those two because he's a wingman. Like, yeah. I'm not saying – okay, it's just, you, some people will think I'm a Nuffy Carlton supporter – I'm not saying Sam Walsh should have made the All-Australian team. And I'm not saying Sam Walsh is a better player or had a better year than, men, than um, McRae and... Who was the other one on Guthrie. the wing? Guthrie. The name of the wing? Than McRae and McGuthrie. He didn't have a better year than them. He was a second-year player. He didn't have a better year than them. However, he's a wingman. Like, he yeah. plays on the wing. Like, yeah. I don't know what the stats are, but he's a wingman. I think... Like, yeah. It needs to get cleared yeah. up, all that. It needs to get sort of cleared up. And just needs to be a clear cut thing. And it's, it's a real tough one and it needs to be discussed, but you can't go too far one way or too far the other. It's, it's a real, um, you got to find yeah. the right balance. It's a tough one. Yeah. Now back and, to the, back to the question, mm-hmm. who do you think is the yeah. most unlucky? You said out of Dan Butler and Papley. Um, now Papley's on the poll, he's on the list and Dan Butler isn't. So do you think Dan Butler was the most unlucky? If I had to say, Who's had a better year out of those two? I haven't, and to be honest, like I'm not an expert in this department. Like I haven't watched every game of footy. But you're you a know, philosopher. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a philosopher first, and I'm a commentator second. So it's in that order. So if you want me to just talk about, you know, yeah. just the, the world and etc. Anyway, et cetera, the, the most unlucky. When it, the it, most when unlucky. It Pap- yeah. Okay. Ben, Dan Butler is the most unlucky in my opinion. Okay, that's it. That's interesting because I'd argue, ugh, everyone's arguing, everyone's arguing about the All-Australian team. But, um, yeah, yeah. but Papley, I, I think I'd go with him personally, having kicked one less goal than Butler in a struggling team. Um, but, but Butler, I'm pretty sure the very stat impressive. Makes, yeah. The stat it's not all about goals think, in saying that. Yeah. The stat that makes me think, but you're right in terms of the struggling team mm-hmm. and the hype around Papley at the start of the year um, by far exceeded just sort of like the energy surrounding Dan Butler. Like Papley was like, oh my God, look at this guy. He's so good. Um, but uh, the stat I saw that made me think Butler had a better year, I think was um, a stat relating to um, the amount of pressure, forward 50. Yeah. Um, man of tackles or something. I'm pretty sure Butler, don't hold me to this, but I'm pretty sure Butler um, was high had up much better stats in that regard. Yeah. 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 Yep, and um, yeah, it's uh, they both had fabulous seasons, and uh, everyone had a fabulous season in the squad. Um, so yeah, it, yeah. It's, it's um, yeah, it's a good celebration oh, yes. of all, all the players. Really, it's um, it's pretty cool uh, for them. Now, yeah. moving on to the AFL finals, I know you got to get on with a few things, um, but can we get your thoughts on who wins the AFL premiership in twenty twenty and why? Yeah. Okay. Um, I haven't put a lot of thought. This is the first time I've actually properly. Uh, consider this. So you've just got your, your, you've just got my instinct talking right now. Um, That's all we need. So after, once it got round to last round of the season, I was saying, you know, the fact that it's going to be likely a wet sort of night game um, at the Gabba, 
my instinct was just sitting thinking, yeah, I, I want to put a really big bet on Richmond to win the grand final here because I can't see how they can, the conditions are just so perfect and just, um, just sort of synergize with their playing style so well. However, I think Brisbane do well in, that, in those sorts of conditions as well. And it's the Gabba, which is the home ground. Um, and so they might get to play a grand final on the home ground, which, yeah, that would be good because Richmond and Collingwood have played grand finals at their home ground the past couple of years. So it's good to see an interstate team get a go. Um, but okay, I haven't really answered the question yet. I've just been skirting around it. If I had to, um, if uh, the devil came to me and he, we'll get a bit philosophical, if, if, the, if Satan arose from the ground and said, Charlie, you're going to die in a couple months. The only way that you can survive is, is if you pick the team that's going to win the grand final. Well, I would choose the Western. No, I would choose Richmond. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, that leads yeah. me on to the next question. Who do you want to win? Okay, great question. And this is one I have thought about All right, because, again, getting philosophical, you know, they say sometimes there's an angel on your shoulder and a devil on the other shoulder and the angel is kindness and consideration and the devil is just spite and hatred. Now, a couple of my good friends go for Richmond and for Geelong. And I was very happy when Richmond won the grand final in 2017. I was there. I was happy for him. I was happy for all Richmond supporters because they'd gone through quite a bit, you know, 30 years or whatever, especially him only being like a teenager. You, um, you know, you just sort of, it's what I hope to happen to Carlton. You just sort of see us do terribly for so long and just be mediocre and then success and it feels really good. And then with Geelong, like, they've seen three premierships, you know, like, yeah, that's a bit much. It's a bit much, but, yeah, no, but, but, like, but yeah, yeah, it's like, you don't really deserve it. No, but I like Geelong. I actually like their team and I'd like to see Danger win a grand final. And I also like Richmond and I think they're probably, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing them win a third grand final and like sort of cement themselves as like, a dynasty. Um, mm. I like sort of that idea of like the modern day dynasty. And then, so I wouldn't mind if those two win. Of course, I wouldn't want Collingwood to win. Sorry, but they won't win. Um, and then West Coast, I mean, yeah, I wouldn't mind them winning. Like, again, it's just sort of write it off because I've got no sort of emotion in, invested there. Um, who else is there? Well, there's Bulldogs yeah. and there's Port and there's Saints. So hold on. Port. I'd actually wouldn't mind seeing Port win because I reckon that throughout the whole year, everyone's like, and I swear it's been like this for five years, Port have good years, Port win games, and everyone's like, oh, they only win at home, they're no good. They're actually not bad. Like, they got smashed by Geelong. I guess we'll see what happens I in the finals, but I would like to see them win the grand final because I like Ken Hinckley. On top of that, the last two words you said there, Ken Hinckley winning an AFL premiership, yeah. the celebrations <laughs> yeah. in the coach's box. Yeah, exactly. That's such a good. That's such a good call. I think that uh, might be remember. the only reason I want them to win. Yeah, we remember his his celebration and after the yeah. showdown was one of the craziest things I've ever seen. His Absolutely. face was as red as as a bottle of tomato sauce, and he was just doing strange gang gestures. Which other but coaches funny. would you like to see win a premiership okay. just for this well, coach's sake? Um. Okay. Good question. Um, and this is not just for the coaches' sake, but for the team's sake as well. St Kilda. Oh, talk Brett about, Ratton. Talk about, but just firstly, just I'll get to, I'll get to rats in a second. But just in terms of St Kilda, like if you're, they haven't won a grand final since the early '60s. 
they got so so close oh. um at the end of the 2000s and the start of the 10s and like they they were a great they were a really great team and they deserved to win a premiership and they didn't and all their fans deserve to pursue a premiership and they still do and i would love the idea of them winning a grand final it would be like when bulldogs won a grand final except i think even maybe not even but just the same level as sort of like transcendence and just like spectacular and just fairy tale because of what happened 10 years ago um and then with rats like he's a great carlton man we should never have gotten rid of him he's a great coach and he's a great guy and you know his son died a couple of years ago and yeah. like Cooper. he just seems like a great person so if saints won i would be i'll be pretty pretty um pretty happy because i think that their fans deserve to see a grand final win I think you've nailed it there. And for Brett Radden, it'd be a wonderful, you know, story. He's He's gone through some struggles. His son, Cooper, was killed in a car crash, 16 yeah. years old. Um, in, in, and that was, um, yeah, that was, you know, to go through that. And um, now he's coaching exactly. his team uh, in a qualifying final. Um, yeah, uh, elimination, elimination final. final. I beg your pardon. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, I think you're yeah, right there. Game. The Saints, that would be, uh Yeah. Quite unbelievable. The doggies as well. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I, it's um, it, the Brisbane as well. But yeah, it's uh, it's been a great discussion today, Charlie. And uh, it's always a pleasure to have you on, our resident philosopher, Charlie Gill. For those of you that <laughs> yeah. haven't aren't following him on Twitter, um, feel free to uh, jump on at Junior 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 Junior, <laughs> and uh, you'll find him there. Uh, so <laughs> thanks again for coming on, right. Charlie. And uh, uh, have a nice day. You too, Max. Thanks for having me on. And that was Charlie Gill, our resident philosopher here at the Sports Hour. We really appreciate getting his thoughts each and every week. Now, that wraps up our show for today. It's been a bit of a unique show, recorded a little bit differently, um, but uh, we'll be back next week uh, as per usual, and uh, we hope to bring you another wonderful show. We're looking forward to that. If you've missed our interview today with Tana Bruin, you can check it out on YouTube and Spotify. It's available on both platforms, so feel free to go on that. And uh, as always, tune into our Twitter page at Sports Hour FM for any updates and uh, information on next week's show. So I look forward to uh, chatting to you this time next week, uh, 5 o'clock on Friday, and uh, I hope you have a wonderful weekend. Thanks for tuning in to the Sports Hour on Brimbank Live on Live FM.